You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Odyssey's 49ers web zone, No Huddle Podcast. I am Brian Rennick. I am joined by Zane Nackfee. Al Sacco is on assignment today. We've got a game on Christmas Eve, Zane. The Commanders, the 49ers, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But first, how you feeling about this 49er team? Because the last time you were on, they had not yet won that NFC West division title, and now they have. I feel, it feels great, baby. It feels great. Yes. And I am fully on board this Brock Purdy hype train that you are captaining oh captain my captain i'm fully on board and number <laughs> i love it 30 passenger number 69 reporting there you go there you go duty. reporting for duty i love it yeah. i love it i just this you know i know that that you guys talked about that seattle victory and them wrapping up the division but i think that them wrapping the division up if we take like a high level view about this like I think that them wrapping that up so so quickly is only going to benefit them. Not because necessarily they're going to get a lot of rest. That's a byproduct of this. But this is extra extra reps for Brock Purdy in game situations that matter. And they're not like preseason reps. They're actual game yeah. reps down the stretch where you don't necessarily have to win all these games. But it'll be nice to win all these games. And we'll talk about that in the second playoff picture. But yeah. I, I really think that this is invaluable experience for him because he can work all the kinks out and Kyle can kind of determine his strengths and weaknesses and be able to come up with the game plan before the playoffs. Add to that guys getting healthy, like Debo coming back, hopefully before the playoffs, if not the first game of the playoffs, you've got Javon Kinlaw who is set to play this week for the first time in about three months. You've got Elijah Mitchell who is on track to be also returning before the playoffs. So all of this happening right now, them, them wrapping up the division right now, really bodes well for all of that falling into place before the playoffs. And uh, as a team getting healthy and going into the playoffs, that is a super dangerous thing, especially with the defense, the way that playing the way that they are. And you add to that a hot quarterback and it's look on Sunday. We saw how things went Sunday and Monday. We saw how things went. And 
we saw the Saturday game with the Vikings basically almost <laughs> almost blowing it. I've I looked at that and I was I looked oh at the goodness. game. I was like, all right, the Niners have the number two seed wrapped up, right? They've got they're they're gonna go to number two. I look at the end of the day and somehow the Vikings have won, or Matt Ryan has lost another heartbreaking game, right? He just <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> poor if Matt you remember Ryan. in he poor Matt Ryan. They blew a 17-point lead to the Niners in the championship game in 2012. If you, if you don't remember that in Atlanta, they blew a 17-point lead where Kaepernick came back on them. Then the famous 28 to 3 against the Patriots. Now he is at the quarterback for the largest comeback of all time in NFL history. So it's not his fault. It's just funny that like he is kind of the common denominator. But when it comes down to it, like no no team really looked looked that great this past weekend. There was no yeah. team that I looked at in the NFC at least and said, hey, they're not beatable. And I think you'll see teams kind of starting to either stagnate or come back down to earth. And the Niners at this point are ascending. And when you're going in the playoffs as an ascending team, that's a really tough out. And I guarantee you right now, nobody wants to play this 49ers team. Yeah, you know, and I think I think the biggest storyline coming out of this weekend is is the Jalen Hurts injury. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he he is going to miss the next game with a shoulder. I believe they called it a shoulder sprain. I don't think it's a separated shoulder, but it is his throwing shoulder. And as we know, as 49er fans, if your quarterback has a shoulder injury, not a not all not a good thing, right? Not a not a good thing. And so I mean that to me, you know, like you said we're going to look at the playoff picture in a little bit, but to me the biggest the biggest threat in the NFC is is the Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. Biggest threat to the 49ers, right? And arguably the biggest threat to everybody, but that's the one team where I'm like, ah, I, I think they match up well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at any other team that is currently qualified for for the playoffs, right through week, uh, what week fifteen now, um, there isn't another team in the NFC that that really scares me, and not even that the Eagles scare me. But the the Eagles' run game is really good. The 49ers' run defense is the best in the NFL, but the 49ers do struggle against mobile quarterbacks or running quarterbacks. So that is something to to keep in mind. But again, that shoulder injury that could linger. Uh, and that could that could really affect their, you know, their their playoff aspirations, if you will. Um, but yeah, I, you know the the funny thing about that that Vikings game that was on Saturday, and at one point I think it was still in the first half, the the Colts were up thirty three to nothing, and Josh Dubow of of uh, the Associated Press does a lot of Raiders coverage, but he he I follow him because he also tends to throw out some really interesting statistical tidbits and things like that and he tweeted out that there have only been two times that a team has come back from 30 or more points in nfl history one time was like in like 1960 or something like that but the other one is that oilers bills game in the playoffs yeah where the bill the oilers were up i believe it was 31 to nothing Mm -hmm. um or at the very least they were up by like 30 points or 31 points and then the Bills ended up coming back and winning that game. And I, I don't know if you remember, but this is I, I remember this, and this is why I tweeted out the quarterback of that Bills team that, that was Frank Reich. And so yeah. I quote tweeted Dubo and I said, the irony of all ironies would be if the Colts who fired Frank Reich midseason ended up losing this game. <laughs> And lo and behold, so I had to wear that one. I was like, as a 49er fan, my bad guys. Like, obviously that would have been 
huge if the Colts won. Uh, and I, I absolutely jinxed that to high heaven. So my apologies to anybody listening. Um, that one's on me, guys. That one's on me. But yeah, it's uh, but, but are you really scared. Are you really scared of Minnesota though? I'm not like no, not at all, not at all. But what I wanted was the two seed. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 we can talk about that in a second. We wanted to touch real quick at the at the top here uh, on Pro Bowl voting. Uh, mm-hmm. The Pro Bowl rosters came out. The 49ers are well represented. Um, there were some snubs and some interesting, like, I don't understand why this guy didn't make the team, uh, with Christian McCaffrey specifically mm-hmm. because he was the top vote getter, uh, from the fans vote from the fan vote, right. Which is only a third of the, of, of the voting, but it, it seems interesting to me that, that he wouldn't make it over Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders. I understand Saquon Barkley. I, I, I won't no qualms there. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's has, is I don't want to say he's much better than Miles Sanders, but also I do want to say he's much better than Miles Sanders and 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 provides more in terms of uh, impact. And and Christian McCaffrey leads the NFC in all purpose yards uh, ahead of ahead of Barkley and ahead of Miles Sanders. So um, some snubs there, but also some interesting and and fun first time guys. Uh, Our guy Talano Hufunga. First 49er safety to make a Pro Bowl. Since 2012, when Whitner and Deshaun Goldson made it. Yeah, that's crazy. 10 years. It's been a decade for a team that used to pump out safeties like Ronnie Lott. And then you had Tim McDonald, who signed from the Cardinals, as you remember. Yeah. And then other other really solid safeties like Lance Schulters and Tony Parrish in the middle. And you had of Hofstra, Lance Schulters. Absolutely. And you had you, you had. Goldson and Whitner, as you mentioned, and they Eric Reed was in there as well. So they they've had a, mm-hmm. a pretty decent history of of really good safeties. But Jimmy it's, Ward, it's Jimmy Ward, exactly. Free Jimmy safety. Ward's never made it. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that there's a lot of like really good seasons there. And and people may say like, well, those names aren't. I don't remember those. But like, go and look at their stats and go look how they played. Like a lot of those guys had really really great seasons for the 49ers. And and yeah, it's nice to see that that Hufunga has been rewarded for his his play because look he has been arguably one of the best safeties in the league he has been a game changer he has been a superstar at that position this year and it's finally getting recognized and i think that now it's the the rest of the league is on notice that this defense is a force one other big snub though huge snub dre greenlaw dre greenlaw not making it is an absolute travesty dre greenlaw christian mccaffrey but those are the two biggest snubs Mm-hmm. in the pro bowl for the entire league i could argue and the fact that they didn't make it i it, we saw this in 2019 where they were constantly overlooked and they were constantly put down and they were called pretenders and they rode this all the way to the super bowl that underdog mentality now it's not so much an underdog mentality as it is individual guys maybe getting overlooked and and my hope is is that that propels them to be able to get to the next level and and go into the playoffs at a much stronger sort of clip but that being said, I think that the Pro Bowl is awesome. I think that it's it's a really cool thing that that guys get to experience from from a fan's appreciation perspective. If you yeah. saw the video for the the Commanders put out, a yes, video I was going to ask if you saw that. That was amazing. I did. Uh, Austin Reeves is 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 the guy's Jeremy. name. But, Jeremy Jeremy Reeves. Reeves. Sorry, Austin Reeves. Yeah. Austin Reeves is the the Lakers player. Sorry, Austin yeah. Reeves is not Lakers, but uh, Jeremy Reeves uh, of the Washington Commanders is the specialist, the the special teams guy, and he made his first Pro Bowl after basically being cut several times from yeah, practice teams. squad guy until this yeah. year. And it was just, it was just a really cool story. So I, I'm sad that the 49ers will probably have to beat them 
on Saturday. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that's a really yes. good story. At least he gets a, he gets the Pro Bowl vote. So my yeah. whole thing is like like a lot of people dismiss the Pro Bowl is is a nothing thing, and that's mm-hmm. fair, right? Because the the it is a popular the game itself, thing. yeah. Yeah, the, the game itself for sure, but I, and the voting itself, people could say like, well, it's a popularity contest, and and I think that to some extent it could be true, but to another extent, it's also a, a reflection of the solid play of some of these players, right? Like, like I said, like Hufanga, for example, right? And there's other stalwarts that you know. Uh, by the way, the other selections were Kyle Uzcheck in no, no particular order. Kyle Uzcheck, George Kittle, Trent Williams, uh, and Nick Bosa were the yeah. were the other selections. So again. Congratulations to the guys. I think there should have been more Niners on there, but hey, we got six. Six? Six, yeah. yeah. And 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 honestly, you know, um, I, I don't remember some a player, uh, must have been, I don't know who it was, but a player, uh, 49ers player tweeted out and was like, you know, thrilled, thrilled to have made it or whatever. And I was like, listen, I am too. But uh, I certainly hope that you guys aren't playing in that game. They will that not means be that, that uh, that means that you've made the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> yes. you know, and you know what? It, again, the Pro Bowl, the, the game has never been good. It's just never been good. And and I get it. Football is not a sport where you really want to have a vanity game. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's so violent. There are the 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 chance for injury is so high. You know, that's why when you look at when you watch like NBA all star games, it's like. 212 to 200 right because no one's playing defense like no one's trying to to get in anyone's way they're not trying to get injured or whatever uh you know and in baseball it's really baseball is really the only all-star game where it's like this is cool like the game itself Mm -hmm. is cool uh because you've got the best against the best and and you know it's fun to watch I was watching, uh, I, I don't know if it was on TV or if I was watching a clip online, but I don't know if you remember years ago, they used to do like a skills challenge at the Pro Bowl and it'd be like quarterbacks would have like, they'd be throwing to, you know, targets down the field and they'd be, my apologies, that was my uh, Old Spice Whistle uh, text we alert. should we should be sponsored by hey old spice <laughs> reach out to us that's we're, right we're hey yeah no free podcast. no free advertisement yeah let's uh uh spencer edit that out please no i'm just kidding um but uh i think they should bring that back i just think that's what the pro bowl should be should be just these skills challenges for the quarterbacks and the skill position players right you could mm-hmm. do like bench you could do almost combine level activities mm-hmm. for these players again not you know, maybe not the 40 yard dash because you don't want these guys hurting themselves, whatever. But mm-hmm. that those I, those quarterback competitions were fun. The one that I was watching had like Trent Green and mm-hmm. uh, Matt Hasselbeck and um, uh, Mark Bolger. This is how old it was. And I can't. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the four that I remember. But I personally, I think that would be a lot more fun than watching what amounts to a, a two hand touch or a flag football game, because. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't need to watch that. And most people don't. And that's the thing. That's why it's not popular. So do you remember yeah. uh, way back in the nineties, the mid nineties when they had that like NFL quarterback club or whatever it was, and they would go to yeah. Orlando in the off season and like guys, it would be Brett Favre and Steve young and Jim mm-hmm. Harbaugh was there one year and Aikman yeah. was there and Bledsoe and all these guys would have the same sort of passing competitions, right? Where they would throw to throw to moving targets and things like that. But mm-hmm. it was just, it was just for the quarterbacks. And it was so yeah. cool because it was just they were just having fun and it was just like sure. normal throwing drills. And like the only time they really exerted themselves was when they had the longest distance throw. The longest throw, yeah. it was. 
and it was fun and they had they seemed to have a good time and i wish the league would do that again and do that more but i feel like things like that are few and far between because if a guy gets hurt there, there are no guaranteed salaries in the league and i feel like if they guarantee right. salaries it would loosen up a lot of these restrictions for the athletes like if you're making yeah tens of there's, millions of dollars a year are there's you really one gonna go, go ahead. say there's one guaranteed contract in the nfl just there's one, one guaranteed there is one guaranteed contract in the NFL and that's ridiculous. Awful. That's yeah. an awful one. But yeah. that being said, like these, these, I, 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 for one, I do like the pro bowl, but I just think that they're executing it wrong. And I've always liked the pro bowl. The reason why is this, and we'll, we, we will have a larger discussion on the pro bowl after the season. Once the 49ers are hosting, hoisting the, the Lombardi and, and we can have Let's our go. post post football season discussion about everything. But I will say this, that I remember when, in the nineties, it was, and, and I'm dating myself here in the nineties when it was after the super bowl and it was in Honolulu, like yeah. even here in California, the Bay area, the weather is not great in February. It's rainy yeah. and it's cold and it's dark at times. And you would go see a game in the middle of the day at one o'clock and it's sunny and warm in Honolulu. And they're all wearing the Hawaiian shirts and it makes you feel good. And then it's yeah. your last, it's your last chance to see your favorite players right. until basically the preseason. Yeah. Because at that time they didn't have access like the media access that we do now where we can see them and OTAs and all that stuff. But yeah, it was your last chance to see them in your team's helmet before the next season started. And if you were the Super Bowl champion, like the Niners were several years in the 80s and mm-hmm. 90s, it was like a victory lap for them. And right. it was like the last time you'd be able to see your champion, you know, Jerry Rice and Steve Young before they went off for the offseason, and you wouldn't see them again until August when the preseason started. So yeah, in that sense, it was nice because it was your last little fix of football before the end. And now they just co- totally ruined it. They took it out of Hawaii. Less yeah. players played. They put it before the Super Bowl for some reason. So now like the best, a lot of the best players don't even play because they play on the Super Bowl teams. Right. So I just think it's just poorly executed. But that being said, it is a cool honor to have because that means that you're yeah. among the best at your position. Yeah. And, and, and for some people, those are, those are contract escalators as well. Hey, if you make a pro bowl, you get, you know, you get this bonus or whatever. So it definitely matters. It definitely matters to the players. And, and I think more than anything, it's, it's just the honor. It's just the honor of saying, Hey, the fans and also my peers and, and those in the league thought that I was one of the better players at my position for this season. And that's cool. So, you know, kudos to kudos to the six that made it uh, bummed again for, for McCaffrey and, and Greenlaw, but uh, as as I said, uh, hopefully they they're not playing in that game anyway because it means that they've they've made it to the Super Bowl. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's jump into kind of the, the playoff picture because I think there's some conversations to be had about these last three games, what they mean for the 49ers, whether they should be resting players, things like that. I, I also want to get to... Um, a quote from Shanahan about that because I think it's 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 actually pretty enlightening uh, what what he had to say about it. Um, but I'm gonna share uh, I'm gonna share my screen uh, so that you can see it. Uh, we're not live streaming this episode, uh, but we will put it up on on YouTube for those to to see it. Um, but uh, 
want to look at the the playoff picture as it currently stands. And that's the thing is, you know, obviously things can change and can change in a hurry. Uh, and the interesting thing about this, uh, this, you know, this playoff picture is uh, this is from NFL.com and you've got the Eagles, Vikings and 49ers. They are locked in as the top three seeds. Uh, there isn't another team that can get in to the third spot. So the 49ers at the very least are locked in at three meaning that they get one home playoff game, which is awesome, uh, at Levi's. And the the hope is maybe we get to two, because if you get to two, then you're guaranteed to host two games. Uh, but if you scroll down, it goes from three to five, the Cowboys being five. And the reason being is because whoever decides that they're ready to play good football and and, and possibly win the NFC South will get that four seed, which mm-hmm. is currently the Buccaneers. Uh, at six and eight, just absolutely killing it. Um, and uh, it's really, I think, just the Panthers that that can catch them at this point. I don't think the Saints can, and and I don't think the Falcons can. Uh, so it's really just between the the Bucks and the Panthers. And then you've got the Giants at six, uh, and currently the Commanders at seven. And it the 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 Giants and Commanders played. Uh, was that Sunday night? It was Sunday night, yeah, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the interesting thing about that game is they had played two weeks prior and the commanders had won and then the commanders got a buy and then they came back and they played the giants again. And you would think, Hey, big advantage there. Uh, and it was not for them for whatever reason, the giants uh, beat them. And so the commanders really that loss, it likely cost them a playoff, uh, a playoff spot because here's the thing. There are two teams that are in the hunt right now at seven and seven. The commanders are seven, six, and one. The giants are eight, five, and one. Uh, that's what it was. The The commanders and giants, when they, they played tied. the first time, they tied. They that's tied. what it was. They tied. Yeah. Um, and so by virtue of that tie, the commanders still have that seven spot ahead of the Seahawks uh, and the lions who are both seven and seven. Now, Here's 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 where I'm at. The Seahawks play the Chiefs this week. Pretty they're sure they're going to lose. They're going to lose that. The yeah. Commanders play the 49ers this week. Pretty they're sure gonna they're going to yeah. lose that. Yes. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert for the end of this episode. Uh, the Lions play the Panthers. And here's the thing. The Lions are hot right now. They're playing mm-hmm. some of the best football in the NFL. They are on a six-game win streak, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, They started this season one and six. Mm -hmm. So they're six and one in their last seven, uh, which is impressive. Their offense has been rolling. Their defense, which was historically bad at the beginning of the season, has really found its footing. And to me, between arguably... The four seed, whoever wins the NFC South, the six and the seven seed. I think the I I I went on record the other day on Twitter and said I think the Lions are going to be the seven seed in the I NFC. I, I genuinely I believe that. Mm-hmm. So this is where I wanted to have this conversation with you, Zane. The seven seed plays the two seed. Mm-hmm. If if all things stand and the Vikings went out and the 49ers went out. Right, the 49ers get the three seed, the Vikings get the two seed. The Vikings are currently uh 11 and three, the 49ers are 10 and four. Mm-hmm. 
the the Lions already beat the Vikings two weeks ago. Right. And they would play them again. The Lions are way better than the Vikings. They just mm-hmm. are. So there's a part of me that's like, would it would it be better for the 49ers to just keep that three seed? Because I think it's almost certain that that Vikings team is going to lose in the first round in the in the wild card yep. round. I yep. just I just I believe yep. it. I I just don't think that they are they are not eleven and three good. And we saw I, that I have this the past same feeling. Saturday. I have the same feeling about them that they yeah. they have one and done written all over them. Which would mean that regardless if the 49ers win their matchup in wild card weekend, they would host their divisional round game because yeah. the Vikings would be out of it. And yeah. so the other thing is, if they do, if the Vikings do falter down the stretch and, and the 49ers end up in the two seed, I'm not afraid of the Lions. I'd prefer not to play them in the first round. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like I feel like Niners would be like Jared Goff. I mean, they, sure. they've had his number. They've had Jared Goff's they, number. They have. And 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 I and I'm not scared of them, but would I rather face the Giants? Or would I Absolutely. rather face the Lions? And I would you much, the Giants. much yeah. rather face the Giants, who are currently the sixth seed, and that's who the 49ers would play as the three seed. Also, so if, it's, you, if you scroll it's down, if you scroll down yeah. there, if you go to the bottom here, I feel like so. Here's here's the other thing. If you go up a little bit up to the top there, to five and six. Oh yeah. I think that that so basically the Giants can go no higher than five, right? That's that's really what it is. They're either five, six, or seven. Uh, right, because the Cowboys are ten and four, and the Giants are eight, five, and one. The Cowboys are correct. currently hold the five seed. Correct. So they can go no higher than well, they can go no higher, no higher than six. If that that's the case, actually, Cowboys the, the Cowboys will not end up at at, at uh, six or seven. So uh, the Gi- oh well, but here's the but the Cowboys are playing the Eagles this week. Now, granted, Hertz isn't playing, mm. but I believe in Gardner Minshew. I believe in Gardner Minshew for a long time. I yeah. pounded the table uh, when the when there was talk of Deshaun Watson, you know, mm-hmm. prior to that trade, I yeah. actually put an article out on the web zone that said the 49ers should trade for an NFC South quarterback. And it was not Deshaun Watson. It was Gardner Minshew who was current, mm-hmm. who was uh, playing for the Jaguars at the time. I really like Gardner Minshew. I believe in him. I think the Eagles could beat the Cowboys with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. That would put the Cowboys at 10 and five and the giants right. there at eight, five and one. Um, mm-hmm. You know the the Cowboys the Cowboys lost to the Jaguars. Yeah, if they if they last, lose out and the Giants win out, then yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so so let's. You're right. The the Giants can get up to five. You are yes. correct there. So if that's so that that may be the case. So we'll just but we'll just assume that that for simplicity's sake that they end yeah. up at six or seven, right? For sure. So Giants end up at six or seven. Um, Washington and Detroit battle it out for the last spot. I am with you. I think Detroit gets in because I think Washington loses to the Niners this week. And I think that will basically be a, a huge blow to them. Seattle lose like Seattle will most likely lose to the chiefs and, and they're basically on the that brink feels, at that point. Yeah. Like they, they would, they would have to win out and get help to get in at the, at the end of the season. So that's, I, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think they'll get the help that they need. They may win out the last two games, but I don't think they'll get the help that they need. Now, that being said, I don't think they'll get past. They can't get to six, right? It would just be the seventh seed. So they would end up playing the two seed, which is Minnesota. The Lions? No, 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 Seattle. Oh, they, they can't get anything past past seven, right? So it's either Seattle or the Lions, really, in my mind, that's in, in the seventh seed. I don't really think Washington is going to be there by the end of the season. So 
you're looking at a situation where you kind of just mentioned, right? Where it's Minnesota and the Lions for, you know, the, like two versus seven. And at that point, it doesn't matter whether the Niners are the three seed or not, because then if Minnesota loses, you get your two home games and right. it doesn't, nothing matters. That being said, if the Niners get the two seed, then you are guaranteed two home games if you win. Sure. And that would be much better to me because then, then you're just taking care of your own business. But again, it really depends on what happens with Minnesota, what happens with the Niners and how they approach the rest of the season, which kind of gets us into what, what I wanted to discuss next was Kyle Shanahan's attitude towards the rest of the season and what it's going to be. Yeah. And in his press conference today, today is uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. And in his press conference today, he kind of indicated that they're, they're foot, like pedal on the gas. They're not letting yeah. up. And they're not going to let up this season. And I think that's probably the best way to go because you don't want your team going into the playoffs. Number one, backing into the playoffs with several losses. And number two, not having really played hard football in over a month because you can't just turn it on and off like a switch, right? They're they're not robots. They have to have some sort of momentum. So I, I like the idea of them trying at least to, to see this through and try to win every game that they can. Would I prefer that they lost one of these just so they can start a mini, mini win streak again? I mean, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? Like if they just get that loss out of the way and just go into the playoffs fresh, but who, who knows? Right. And I think that the way that it's lined up and the job that Kyle has done with this team has set them up so well, because right now they essentially control their own destiny in terms of what they do. Granted, you, you may need some help from Minnesota to, to lose a game and, and take the number two spot. But at that point, like to what we just mentioned, I don't think it matters because no matter what Minnesota looks like a one and done and the Niners can go no lower than three. So yeah, one home game for sure. Hope for more than that. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, um, this is, this will be the third time that Kyle Shanahan has led the 49ers to the playoffs. And the first two times, even 2019, when they started eight and zero, finished that season thirteen and three as the one seed, they, it still took till week seventeen and yeah. that game up in Seattle for mm-hmm. them to clinch the division and the one seed. If they lost that game, they would have lost the NFC West, would have been twelve and four, and they would have been the five seed because mm-hmm. they finished second in the NFC West. And then last year, it took until week eighteen and that victory against the Rams mm-hmm. for them to get in the playoffs. So this is the first time in Kyle Shanahan's head coaching career that he has clinched a playoff spot with games to play. And not only with games to play with three more games to play, they were Mm -hmm. the first team in the NFL to clinch a playoff spot and to clinch a division title by way of playing on Thursday, which, Hey, kudos to them. Cause again, you did it Mm -hmm. playing the guy that started the season as QB three, like, Mm-hmm. I mean, just the the coaching job. We've talked about it already. I think Kyle Shanahan is the coach of the year. I don't think mm-hmm. he'll get it, but I I I have no it. qualms saying that he deserves it. Uh, so he went on uh, KMBR uh, on the uh, Papa and Lun show, or no, sorry, uh, it's not it's not that anymore. Um, it is uh, Tolbert and Copes, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Tolbert and Adam Copeland, and he said that. Um, the, the, the question of, do you rest players going into 
the playoffs, right? Now that you've clinched a spot, like football's a violent game, injuries happen. Do you do you play it safe so that you enter the playoffs with everybody healthy, you know, with with your full complement of players? And you know, Shanahan said that uh, this was his quote. He said, "I could totally understand it if we were playing a seven game series, but I can't understand it for a three and a half hour event." And it's only one shot. And just in my experience over the years, guys that have gotten hurt at the end that we've rested or that have been on IR, you bring back for the playoffs. Those are usually the guys that hurt you at first because they're just rusty and they haven't done much. I've watched just talking, or he said, I've watched just talking to guys. Lynch talking to Tony Dungy last week. They used to do this with Peyton all the time. He said some of the biggest mistakes when they rested, their guys struggled. Uh, And then he brought up his dad, which I thought was interesting. And he said, "Uh, I know watching my dad, and I think it was 95, they were 13 and three, clinched a division, rested their players for three weeks, and they opened up the playoffs versus Jacksonville, who was a second-year expansion team, and they lost. I think it was Mm -hmm. 30 to 27, and that was maybe their best team. They They went on to win the Super Bowl the next two years, but I still believe they should have had three in a row, and I think it goes all the way back to resting the players. And so... I. As much as 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 much as a fan, you want to just say, "Hey, bubble wrap Brock Purdy, bubble wrap Christian McCaffrey, bubble wrap George Kittle, Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw." Right? You just want to bubble wrap all these guys. But rest in the NFL isn't the same as as rest, and and arguably rest in every sport is bad. Look at the 2012 World Series. The Detroit Tigers mm-hmm. swept the ALCS. The, the Giants went to all the way to game seven against St. Louis. And then uh, the Tigers were overwhelming favorites. They had Justin Verlander. They had Max Scherzer. They had Annabelle Sanchez. They had uh, Miguel Cabrera. You know, they were uh, Doug Fister, right? They had, they mm-hmm. were by far and away the more talented team. They got swept in 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 the World Series because they were rusty. Yeah. So no, I don't think that that rest is what they should do. And then not only that, but like we said earlier, there are still things to play for. The two right. seed is 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 in play. It's very much in play. And so you want to guarantee as many home games as you can. And you can't just think to yourself, well, these Vikings, they're kind of frauds. Like we could say that in front of this mm-hmm. microphone, right? But they're not saying that in in Santa Clara. Kyle Shanahan's not thinking, you know, I don't, we don't need to win out because Minnesota's gonna, gonna falter, right? But here's the yeah. thing if Minnesota, if Minnesota loses one game, San Francisco still has to win their next three in order to get right. that two seed. So if San right, Francisco loses tie, another yeah. game, then, then yeah. they're, then they're, you know, then, then they're back to being one game behind. So, and I don't think Minnesota's gonna lose two of their next three. I do think no, they're I gonna think... lose one, but yeah not two. So, so there yeah. are things to play for. And I, I just don't yeah, I think, think that that resting your guys is, is, is the right call. And I don't think that they're going to do that either. Yeah. I think that like when it comes down to the, the whole Minnesota angle and what they want, look, what it, what it is, is this it's if everything remains, how people may think it remains just because of seating purposes and strength of team and things like that. And they feel like Minnesota is better than whoever the seven seed will be in Minnesota wins and the Niners win their first game. And it's, it's at that point in the division round it's two versus three, right? Then you go mm-hmm. to Minnesota at that point. So mm-hmm. getting the two seed, not worried about is, that. I'm not worried. I'm, I'm also not worried about that either. But that yeah. being said, 
getting the two seed ensures that if that does happen, where both the two and three seeds win their respective games in the wild card round, you get that game here, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's what we've been like pounding the yeah. table for this whole time yep. is that you don't have to travel then until the a potential NFC cha- NFC Championship game, and and Lord knows what's going to happen with Philly because they've been soaring high all season long, and nobody's been able to touch them. They have not, and and they looked a little bit shaky, except for without, the Commanders. Except for the Commanders, they looked a little bit shaky, and and now Jalen Hurts is is out for at least one game, and we're going to see what happens with them. But again, if you position yourselves correctly here, then you allow yourselves the ability to be able to control a lot of what happens in the playoffs by virtue of just being at home. And yeah. there's only at that point, if you're the two seed, there's only one team that you would be traveling for. And that would be a potential championship game to Philadelphia with the Eagles. Right. And that is probably the, the toughest matchup anyway. So again, super bummed that the stupid Colts couldn't hold a 33 point <laughs> lead, which is, which sounds outrageous. ridiculous, outrageous. outrageous. And it took the the largest comeback in NFL history for that to happen. But I will say this, Brian, that this sort of thing happens once every 30 years or so, right? Mm-hmm. The Frank Wright comeback was in 92. Yeah. And literally 30 years ago. It was 30 years ago. So that doesn't happen very often, right? And the last and, one and then was the 1960. So yeah, 32 years, right? Right. So it's a once every 30 year phenomenon. <laughs> right. So you can, you can, I'm glad that they got it out of the way during the regular season because it's not going to happen in the playoffs, right? That's my irrational fan thought uh, yeah. of, of the, of the evening here. But I think that when it comes to the way that they approach this in the rest of the season, as we kind of shift towards previewing this game here, it, this is the best defense that the Niners have faced thus far. And the commander's defense is, it looks like they're going to chase young back. They are a top 10 defense, both against the run and against the pass. They do not score a lot of points, but I will say that uh, I believe it was uh, in 10 of the games that they played this season, they've allowed their opponent to score 20 or more. And the Niners allowing 15 and a half a game, right? Like you really just need to get to 20 with this defense. Yeah. And I I do think that they can get to 20. And I think that this will be one of those games where I I do it. The one thing I want, Brian, and we can't control any of this. Right. But the mm-hmm. one thing I want is I either want the Niners to, if you're going to win, win by a lot. If you're going to lose, lose by a lot. I don't want any nail biting games on the stretch. These last three games, I don't want any nail biters, right? Either blow them out or get blown out. It doesn't matter to me either way. Like I, I hope they win all of them and I hope they're all blowouts. But the last thing I want is an overtime game or three games that go down to the last drive of the game. I, I don't want that because I want them to be able to at least somehow be able to play their players, but also get them a chance to rest, especially in the last game of the season against Arizona, who will most likely be starting either their QB two or QB three in that game. Yeah. So that's a prime rest game for the Niners. And I hope that everything's wrapped up by then because we'll know if, if they just keep trading wins with Minnesota at that point, we'll, we'll know. And, and if Minnesota has already won that day, then we'll know that the Niners are the, are the three seed and that Kyle could rest everybody. But I don't, I don't want this to be a close game. I want the Niners to, <laughs> I want them to blow them out. Yeah. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not because this is the best defense that they faced. And Terry McLaurin is an absolute stud and their, their, you know, their, their quarterback position has been in flux with Taylor Heineke and, and Carson Wentz, and they haven't really been able to decide. So who is it, is it Wentz or Heineke this week? Who, who is it this week? It's Heineke. 
It's Heineke this week. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's Heineke going going forward unless he gets injured. Um, I okay. feel like I feel like uh, uh, Rivera said that already that that it would be Heineke's job moving forward unless, of course, injury. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, you say this is the best defense they face, and and I'm not going to argue that. Um, or at least the best defense that they faced uh, during this this win streak. Uh, but in terms of, of DVOA, uh, they're still below Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is nine. Washington is 10. The problem with Tampa Bay was they, they were pretty injured uh, yeah. going into that game against San Francisco and then lost Vita Vea, which just you know opened the floodgates for them. Uh, Washington uh, is 10th is in, in overall defensive DVOA. Uh, they are fourth against the rush and they are 15th against the pass. And so as much as this team, you know, wants to to run the ball and and will run the ball, uh, it, this really could be another game where where Brock Purdy is going to be uh, the the one that that they have to rely on uh, to get this victory. And if Chase Young does come back, that's a little scary, right? They've got a pretty ferocious defensive line. This is this is the biggest test that this offensive line will have and and what I am most interested in and and we were hoping to get uh Brad Graham of the SF Niners on uh today with us uh, he just wasn't available we'll get him on here uh at, at some point but um I wanted to talk O-line because like I said this is going to be the biggest test that this offensive line has faced so far this season uh you've got Chase Young you've got Montez Sweat you've got Jonathan Allen you've got um Deron Payne, right? They've got they've got some dudes on that defensive line. And so the biggest question is how will this offensive line uh how will they play? How will McGlinchey and and Williams play against Sweat and and Young if Young is on the field? Uh Mike McGlinchey versus Chase Young scares the shit out of me. Uh yeah. so, you know, that's that's terrifying. But if if they can come out of this game with a decent performance against this defensive line, that gives me a lot more uh, confidence going against a team like Philadelphia, who also has a really good defensive line. And so that's the, for me, that's the matchup of the game is the 49ers offensive line versus the, the, the commander's defensive line. Look, this commander's offense, not very good. Uh, you know, honestly, the uh, Tyler Heineke versus Brock Purdy, it's like that Spider-Man meme, like, <laughs> right there. Cause they're kind of very similar players. Right. Uh, Terry McLaurin is a beast made it to the pro bowl. Um, but I mean, they're not, they're not a potent offense by, by any stretch. I'm not worried about how this 49ers defense will hold up against this commander's offense. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, this NC 17 defense rated NC 17 for violence. No chance you're going to score 17 on us or more than 17 at least. So I, I think they're going to continue that trend. I, I, I think they will hold Washington uh, to 17 or under. And so really it's just a matter of can the 49ers get to 20? And I think that they can. Uh, and I think that they can because, you know, they've got, they, they've got the, their offense is varied enough that if, if the run game isn't working, you know, you'll start to see Shanahan look to the, to the quick passing game with Purdy, who has shown to be uh, really accurate and, and a good decision maker. He's made a few, uh, you know, Steven Ruiz of the ringer uh, put out a, a, an article earlier this week uh, where he said that uh, since Brock Purdy has taken over in the, in the Miami game, he has four 
turnover, according to PFF, four turnover worthy plays on the season, which that percentage would be third worst in the NFL. Um, and, and that includes that, that dropped interception by Diggs last Thursday. That includes that, uh, interception that was, uh, negated by a penalty, uh, when we played the, the bucks. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried. And here's the thing. Brock Purdy is a seventh round rookie, right? I have, mm-hmm. I have full expectations that every time he steps on the field, he's going to throw at least one interception. It mm-hmm. feels like it. That feels like that doesn't feel crazy to me, right? You're talking about a kid who is a a seventh round rookie and, and on Saturday he'll be starting his third NFL game, right? Like you expect things like that, Mm -hmm. but as long as right, it's not, he's not throwing multiple interceptions as long as he's not making dumb decisions. And then he doesn't, he really doesn't even Mm -hmm. that interception to Diggs. Shanahan said like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't fault him for that, for that decision. It was just a good play by Diggs, And it was Diggs read the play and, 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 you know, made, made a play on the ball. Kudos to him. Uh, and so, you know, I really do think Shanahan trusts Purdy, I, I, maybe even more than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. He's dialing mm-hmm. up more for Purdy than he did for Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he trusted Purdy to uh, on third and one, he trusted Purdy with a naked rollout where basically yeah. on that play, It'll, it's, yeah. if it's not there, if it's not there, then then you run, and he did. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and he did it the previous game too with with uh, Kittle, and towards the yeah. end of the game, and and yeah. uh, it was. I think that what you're everything. I agree with everything that you're saying, right? I think that Brock Purdy he will make his share of mistakes, and and he mm-hmm. will do. He will make his share, his share of boneheaded plays, but I think what's missing is context here. And the context is that number one, like you said, seventh round pick. You know, Mr. Irrelevant, he was a seventh round pick for a reason. And the mm-hmm. second thing is, is that people neglect the fact that the defense is also paid to stop the offense. Sure, sure. That's that's the literally defense, their yeah. job, right? Yeah. The other defense is paid to stop the offense. So, yes, they will force the offense into those plays every once in a while. And the fact that Brock Purdy has has a poor percentage and turn, turnover worthy plays. Hey, you know what? That's great. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's still not turning it over. They're not they're not turning into turnovers. It, if you if you break down film, Patrick Mahomes, there was a point where he was leading the league in turnover worthy plays. Did it matter? It didn't matter at that point. Nobody cared about that because they care about the plays he's making. So, I think a lot of that they're, they're nice stats and cool to talk about for us that, that would create content. But a lot of stuff is just like the players don't care about that. They care about what the plays that he makes. So, I'm with you. I think that the the, the offense of the Commanders won't be enough. It'll be a signature Kyle game where he he calls a lot of short quick passes to neutralize that defensive line i i they, they don't i don't think they blitz a ton because they get a lot of pressure up front with with the four yeah. so you'll see a lot of probably soft coverage from them and a lot of gaps especially dump offs to mccaffrey and, and he's been a focal point and ever since he's he's come to this offense has really gotten into a rhythm they've they've looked completely different and they've looked like they have some sort of uh some sort of flow now whereas before they've they looked scored. a lot of, very 27 points a game they're averaging with mccaffrey exactly so as, as we're up against it here um you know, I'm going to make my pick and I'm going to say the Niners win this. And I'm going to say that, uh, they, they win this 24 to 13. Awesome. I, I also am, am picking the 49ers again. I'm going to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, everybody. 
Next week, I'm also going to pick the 49ers. And the following week, I'm also going to pick the 49ers. So just know that going in, right? I'm just going to keep my pattern. I'm going to pick them for every game this season. I got to I gotta ride that train further. But uh, I I agree. You know, I, I think, I, I like I said, I'm not afraid of this uh, commander's offense scoring enough mm. to win this game for them. Uh, I do think that they're going to hold this this 49ers offense to less than their scoring average over this uh, winning streak, which again is 27 points. Um, you know, over their last uh, five games, after that, over their last six games, they've allowed 20, 20, 13, 10, 21, and 20. It's pretty consistent. Uh, so they allowed 20 to the Vikings. They allowed 21 to the Eagles. 10 to the Texans, 13 to the Falcons, 20 to the Giants, and then 20 again to the Giants. Mm -hmm. If that Giants team can score 20 points on this commander's defense, I have no, no worries that the 49ers can't do it. And like I said, as long as they get to 20, I think they win this game. And mm -hmm. so uh, that is what I'm going to, uh, to predict, that the 49ers win this game 20, and I'm going to use your same score. I think the commanders score 13. So I think the 49ers win this game 20 to 13 and they are just that one step closer to the postseason and and hey we'll see the uh the vikings who do the vikings play this week they play they got great. the end this of the year great. oh the giants they play the giants, the giants. yeah so the they same giants that we don't trust absolutely lose <laughs> that game so and and the Vikings got, by the way, so they've got the Bears who are an upstart team. You never know with Justin Fields. And then they've got the, the Packers to end the season. This could flop happen, that. Brian. Flop that. It's it's Packers. It's Packers, Bears. Oh, I'm sorry. Packers, yeah, the Packers next Bears. week, Bears. Yeah, I was reading that wrong. Yeah. I was reading yeah. that wrong. So if yeah. if they could possibly lose two out of these last three games. And if they that's could, the case, sure. Brian, we're in business. We are in business. 100%. So, 100%. And if, and if they lose out, then the Niners are in complete business. But um, <laughs> for sure. before, we, before we get out of here. Um, non-football thing, big yes. news for Barrya sports fans. Oh God, I don't even want to talk about this, man. <laughs> let's 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 time box this because we are we are a little bit over. Let's time box this to two, okay. to two minutes of thoughts. All right, Carlos right. Correa. Yes, Carlos Correa signs has an agreement in place. Flies to San Francisco. Flies his family here. They're waiting in the hotel. Mm -hmm. He's getting dressed for the press conference. He was house shopping in the Bay Area on Monday. On Monday the Giants inexplicably put out a press release saying that the press conference is delayed. And at that point, the antennas go up. We're like, uh-oh, what's going on here? And yeah. later on that same evening, we got we got the tweet from Mr. Heyman, Mr., uh, Heyman uh, John John Heyman, who, yeah. is, who is public enemy public number one enemy, amongst for sure. Giants fans. Well, not anymore. That, That's far anxiety, but. That yeah, anyway. exactly. <laughs> that Carlos Correa has reached an agreement with the New York Mets, and that's why Al's not here, right? Because he's celebrating out with Carlos Correa in New York right now. That's, that's what right. He's doing. And Judge and Rodon and Aaron Judge and Rodon. Absolute horse crap maneuver by the Giants to leave Carlos Correa hanging, leave their fans hanging, and then Farhan Zaidi puts out this tepid statement that oh, you know, there was a difference of opinion about the physical, and that we wish them the best. You signed Tommy Lestella, who Lestella, who was injured, and you you didn't care about his physical, and you signed him. Now all of a sudden, something from ten years ago, from Carlos Correa's broken leg that he had in the minor leagues when he was nineteen, that yeah. crops up. And to me, Brian, that screams, that screams, hey, we don't want to pay you, and we're going to figure out some BS reason to get out of this right. contract. And that is such yeah. bush league. 
Such yeah. Bush League. You're talking about the uh, fifth wealthiest franchise in Major League Baseball. This this organization is worth three and a half billion dollars. Uh, ten times. Ten. Oh yeah, ten times. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you're you said you were going to pay, uh, Carlos Correa, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to pay Carlos Correa three hundred fifty thousand or three hundred fifty million dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, over the course of thirteen seasons, which was reasonable, is twenty six million dollars a year, almost twenty seven. This is the same organization that signed Buster Posey to an eight year contract two right. years after he suffered the same exact injury that Correa did as a 19-year-old in the minor leagues. Buster Posey suffered that injury as a 23-year-old in in the major league in in major leagues and they had no problem signing him to that 8-year deal. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have. I Buster Posey I I Buster Posey is is my guy. Like I right. I would have Buster Posey's babies. Buster Posey is my guy. But this is the most embarrassing situation that I've ever seen in major mm-hmm. in 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 professional sports in North American mm-hmm. professional sports. It is egregiously embarrassing. This man was shopping for homes in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and you ghosted him. You yep. just ghosted him. And there's fans that want to blame Boris, want to blame, uh, want to blame Correa. No, Mm-mm. this is nobody's fault but Giants ownership and Farhan Zaidi, the president of baseball operations. Now mm-hmm. it could be that the ownership got cold feet, but Farhan Zaidi is the face of ownership. That's his mm-hmm. role. That's what he signed on for. He's the one that's going to take the abuse. This is now an unmitigated disaster. Mm-hmm. for the giants they thought attendance had had started to go low after uh, uh from 2019 now it's going to be an absolute ghost town in oracle and you know what they deserve mm-hmm. it they are not getting yep. a single penny from me this season mm-hmm. i am Likewise. absolutely absolutely disgusted mm-hmm. there's a part of me that's like i'm ready to move on and and start to become a fan of a different franchise i don't know that i can actually do that um, I've been a Giants fan from the womb. My mm-hmm. license plate is right there. But even as a fan, I can say my organization is an absolute joke right now. And yeah. it is infuriating as a fan. It is demoralizing as a fan. And I I I mean, I lost sleep and and, and it, <laughs> it pisses me yeah. off that that's the case. Like it's yeah. almost embarrassing to me that I allowed this stupid ass baseball team to uh to to put me like quite literally I was on Twitter when that news broke I had a meltdown in real time I did not get to sleep that night till like three thirty because I was so angry and yeah. then woke up the next day still pissed off for the rest of the day and to be perfectly honest I'm still angry and mm-hmm. it's just it's just. Like I said, it's embarrassing, and it's I comically it, bad. It's, it's comically, comically bad. bad. Like, and they haven't said a goddamn thing. Like, no, Boris not, has just like, been like put. Like Boris has put out video do- after video. What are we doing? It's, about like, oh, this this happened, pathetic. and he was dressed, and I think that like, even if it did, people are blaming Scott Boris, it's like, oh well, he he's gaslighting. 
if he if he was, the Giants need to come out and they need to say like, hey, this guy's actually not telling the truth and this is actually what happened. They're silent. They're quiet. They're operating like the Oakland A's, right? Like I used to be an A's fan, right? And and the reason why mm-hmm. I stopped being an A's fan was not because of like, oh, uh, the, the perennial revolving door talent and they don't want to pay their players. No, it's because they will not commit to the city of Oakland. They will not commit to the East right. Bay, which is where I live. And mm-hmm. they will not commit to keeping that team in my home. So I will not commit to them until until a right. shovel is in the ground at Howard Terminal. I will not go. commit back to the A's. That was it. And and I always followed the Giants. I was never I was never like a hater. I wasn't one of those people that like hated the Giants. Always loved the Giants. Always followed them. But I, I was one of those people that was like, oh well, I'm not going to change teams, right? I can't. But yeah. I, I I did that a couple of years ago and followed the Giants and and I loved them. And and now it's just like they just seem so much like the A's. And this is a, a total second class organizational operational move that they pulled here. And if you're a first-class organization, which the Giants should be, yeah. based off of their history and the ballpark that they play in and mm-hmm. the impact that they've had on the city of San Francisco, like if you are that type of organization, you cannot be making these moves. What yeah. free agent is going to want to join this team now going forward? Not one. And not, not, not one. Not Nobody's going to want to do this. You pissed not off a top tier free agent. You, you pissed off the most powerful agent in baseball, right? And none of his yeah. clients are going to want to join. The second thing that I wanted to kind of touch here before we get out of here was that the Niners had a similar situation with Trent Baalke was here after yeah. the Harbaugh years, after he kind of scorched earth for the 49ers and they and depleted the roster and basically killed that team. Nobody wanted to come here. No agents wanted to deal with them. No players wanted to come here because they had a culture of losing. They had a, a bad GM. They had a revolving door at, at, at the head coach position. And the only thing that brought them out was basically a name. And that was Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. And even then, and the, John the first year... And, and John Lynch as well. And even then, and Adam Peters too, and Martin Mayhew, you can argue that they had a, a big impact yeah, as well. But even sure. then, it took them really getting Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of 2017 for people to start saying like, hey, like these guys can kind of win here, right? Yeah. If they get a good quarterback, they can win here. And that's when things started really rolling. And that's when free agents kind of started to come here and the perception about the 49ers started to change. Of course, 2018 was a disaster, but then 2019 was ex- what we expected in 2018. Mm-hmm. So for the Giants, really, that's what's going to cure this is that they have to prove that they can win. Problem is they have no farm. Yeah. No, there's no farm system that that's producing any sort of talent. They don't have any superstars that they can rely on the current major league roster. They refuse to pay for superstar talent. And mm-hmm. the stars that they have are aging. Evan Longoria and Brandon Crawford. Evan Longoria is gone, by the way. Evan Longoria gone. is no longer here. Right. So yeah. Crawford is aging. He's the only superstar that's left. Rodon was your other star. He's gone as well. And now it's basically it. There's it's nothing Logan there. Webb and Brandon Crawford and the ghost of 2010, 2012 and 2014. Yep. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's all you have. Ugh. Anyways, we got to get uh, out of here. We're, we're way over, man. But I had, I just yes. had to ask you about that, man. We are way yeah. over. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, yeah. Like I said, it was, it was devastating. And, and yeah. to those who are, who are still listening, we appreciate uh, that you are still listening to us uh, rant and rave about our stupid baseball team. Uh, but the good news is I can, I can rest all my hopes and dreams on the, on this, on this 22 year old guy right here, yep. uh, Brock Purdy. Uh, I'm ready, man. Bring us to the promised land. Here we go. All right. Well, there you have it for Brian Rennick. This is a Nackby and on assignment, Al Sacco. This has been another episode of the 49ers web zone. No huddle podcast on the Odyssey network. Peace. Later.
2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.